Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we read uh, the Gospel from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke. And the Gospel is about the feeding of the multitude. And I just want to focus on the first two verses, verses, chap- verses uh, 10 and 11. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. Then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. In the first verses of the chapter before the, the, before the gospel reading, Jesus, he sends out his disciples to preach the gospel and to heal um, the sick, all without anything in their hands and their pockets. And these people who desire to have, uh, these, the disciples, they all desire to have some purpose in their life. And finally, they were able to do that which they had anticipated now as part of their ministry with Christ, which is to evangelize. And so then, at the beginning of today's reading, they returned from their mission and Jesus took them to be alone with them. And he tells them to come so that they may also rest. And all of us, we have work in which we, are, we feel called to do, whether it's ministry, whether it's engineering or science or art or raising children or accounting or whatever it might be, um, we all feel called to, uh, to a certain work. And after that work, we desire rest. Uh, and during that time of rest where we might find, where we might share with others all the cool things that we experience, which no, no one ends up really caring about anyway, or we want to do something that is also still very much important in our lives, whether something for... Um, we do these things, and we do these, these things that are very important, and sometimes it's in that rest, we want to spend time with our families, we want to spend time with God, we want to um, do any, some type of service. But then, when those things happen, those, that time of rest, your child needs something, or your spouse, and wives, you always wait until your husband sits down, and then you ask him to do something, or your work calls with a short notice deadline, your house or car needs maintenance, your extended family needs favors, you remember you need to fill something out, your travel plans get moved or change. It's interruption after interruption, interruption after interruption. And it isn't just us, though. Jesus, he also went through many interruptions in his life, in his ministry years. Uh, like when Jesus was preaching in a house and four men took apart the roof to bring down their friend to be healed. He was in the middle of preaching. Jesus, when he was eating and a woman comes and washes his feet. Jesus was interrupted in the midst of a multitude by Jairus to heal his daughter. And then even on his way to go and heal his daughter, there was the woman who was bleeding, um, who also touched him and, and he felt power leaving from him. So in his ministry, it was interruption after interruption. And today, also in the feeding of the multitude, was the same. And so in the feeding of the multitudes, it reminds us of what we often do uh, when we are faced with interruptions. The multitude or the crowd here is sort of an example of the countless issues 
and interruptions that consume our lives and our minds, and they seem unmanageable or just super inconvenient. And so he teaches his disciples how to approach it. So I'll just cover a few points. Number one is that he teaches them that some interruptions are meant to be a good thing. Maybe not good for quiet and sleep, but for virtue and salvation. And he reminds the disciples at the end, when there was 12 baskets that remained symbolic of the 12 disciples, meaning each carrier of the gospel of Christ will be given an abundance of blessings for their faithfulness in the midst of their interruptions. So each, so it's for us to see that each interruption as an opportunity in which I deny myself so that God may reveal himself to me. In Proverbs 19, there are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. And one of the advices from a 16th century priest when it comes to interruptions is to painstakingly focus on God in that interruption. To do this work for his sake. To bear this, uh, this time for his sake. The second is that he teaches them to give order to the interruptions. He says, have them sit down in groups of 50. Have them sit down in groups of, meaning give order to all of the interruptions that we have. And I'll give just three reasons why we should give order to our interruptions. Number one is so that I can discover which of them are important, maybe like giving attention to my children, and which ones are meaningless, like what thinking about which show I should watch later on. And the main factor that distinguishes between important and meaningless interruptions is compassion. And that's what we saw in today's gospel reading. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So things related to compassions towards others. The second is to humble us, to give order to our interruptions in order to humble us. Because all the disciples, they participated so I may, realize, I may come to realize that these interruptions may not be necessary for me to take on. Maybe someone can help me, right? Maybe if you had one disciple who said, okay, I'll take care of the, of the 5,000 of, of everyone. But no, it was, it was distributed among them. How many things do I have in my life that are interruptions that I don't need to take on all on my own? And I sort of cause these interruptions even for my own self. The third is that we give order to our interruptions in order to confront them because maybe we're scared to face the multitude, so we try to suppress them. And so giving order forces me to confront the interruptions, which may lead to a more virtuous life. And so in, in the same case with the disciples, they saw this multitude, they were already tired, and so they wanted to push the interruption to the side. They said, let them go and, go and find food and place to stay. But Jesus said, no, you need to deal with it. You figure out how to feed them. And it would have happened with the multitude because they just come back anyway. How many times did the multitude continue to find and look to seek after Christ? So Jesus says, I want you to figure out the issue. And for them, it was a logical issue that there was too many people and very little food. And so he teaches them to confront the important interruptions. And God, who does beyond the minds of man, can face, can face them. The third one is that he teaches us that how we face our interruptions strengthens our relationship with him, especially in the context of prayer. After the gospel ends, the disciples were not denied the ability to have this uninterrupted time with Jesus. 
Not just that, but Jesus knew um, even more than, they knew Jesus more than even before the interruption. Because that was when we read, and it happened as he was alone praying, that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, Jesus asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? They answered and said, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. So even in that dialogue with God, we come to know him more. Because through all of these interruptions, when we, uh, when we face our interruptions, um, when we deal with the good interruptions as seeing them as salvific uh, aspects of my life, when we give order to our interruptions, and uh, through that we come to know him more. And so, even after this major interruption, which was the feeding of the multitude, they still desired to join him, to be with him. It was Jesus who had gone away. He didn't invite them for, a, for uninterrupted time. But he was taking his own uninterrupted time, and the disciples continued to, continued to seek after that. And that's also what he teaches us today, is that our soul should always try with constant attempts to spend time with God in prayer despite the many interruptions. And glory be to God forever. Amen.